Hey, kia ora guys. Before we get into this one today, I just wanted to take a quick moment, do a couple of shout-outs if I may. I would love to say hi to my good friends Lisa and Warren who came all the way from uh, Perth, not to see me, but we ended up seeing each other, we connected, and it was so lovely to meet some wonderful martial artists. And um, am I biased because they're gorgeous? Probably probably but lovely lovely people and thanks so much for stopping by guys and i'm looking forward to training in the future also to my bro uh, vince my ngati kanunu brother who took time to catch up with me as he was going to a wonderful gashuku uh, this weekend and um, it was really cool to see him he's uh, living in australia but he's a maori brother and a gorge again another gorgeous sensei so hey thank you all it's all i always enjoy connecting with people um fellow martial artists irrespective of style and it uh, was so lovely to meet the three of you uh of obviously lisa and warren i met together because they're husband and wife and then vince we sat on the beach and we had a coffee and we talked about kakie and maori martial arts and uh, yeah, it was an entertaining, wonderful time. So thanks, guys, um, and look forward to catching up with you in the future. Now, on with the show. Anyone who got into martial arts, pretty much, especially if they're in my age bracket, will tell you one of the big influences on them was Bruce Lee. So today I'm going to talk about when is it important to love Bruce Lee and when is it important to take down all those posters and memorabilia and put them in a box and continue your journey. Kia ora, welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. My name is Tuari Dawson and for the last four and a half decades I have practiced the martial arts in both the indigenous Maori traditions of Aotearoa, my home, and in the wonderful arts of karate, kobudo and jiu-jitsu. But more than that, I am a fan of all martial arts and martial artists. So here are some of my own thoughts on the subject, as well as interviews with some great sensei and instructors from around the world. And lastly, it's something of a cliche I know, but do me a favour and click the link in the description for our merch shop, as well as other ways to support the podcast. It really does help. Also, check out our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you like what you hear, please share our content. Again, it really helps us to continue to create content we believe in. And remember, it's not what you say when everyone's listening, it's what you practice when no one is watching that makes all the difference. They always say never meet your heroes. And I think it's doubly true in the martial arts. And that's not to say there's not great practitioners out there. And yes, I am kind of bagging Bruce there a little bit. Not as a person, not even as a martial artist, but I guess he's not a person and he's not a martial artist. He's kind of this patron saint of martial arts, especially mixed martial arts, which is a massive movement uh, in the martial arts scene and has been for a while now. The idea of cross-training and doing all these different things and fitness and conditioning and weight training and... Uh, all, all of those things which have actually, to my mind, improved the landscape of every martial artist, if they choose to look at that stuff and they choose to embrace it, I think it spells longevity. But the reason I'm thinking about that today is that someone in my family or my whanau met a long-held hero. And the sport is rugby league. Now, if you're in a country 
that does not have rugby league, try and think of a game that has all the roughness and the physical fitness of rugby, but without a lot of the messing around. Yes, to all my peeps who actually know what rugby is, I may be also pissing you guys off, but yeah, I don't care. In this metaphor, it's rugby league. Anyway, uh, she met this rugby league legend who is a world champion and is very much a Polynesian legend in the sports scene in New Zealand and internationally right now. And she got a pair of signed rugby boots and she posed for photos and she had her book signed and it was just really lovely. And you see the photos, it's just this really beautiful, genuine photo. But what I noticed that she has done is that she has doubled her training. She has gotten really disciplined and she was really disciplined before she gets up early in the morning before she goes to school to train to do her gym work she attends every practice she gets there early she has a very strict regimen around her eating and what happened was she met her Bruce Lee and her Bruce Lee encouraged her not to be her but to be better than her and the metaphor on the lesson there I think is that I know for much of my martial arts life, there were people and benchmarks that I had, and Bruce Lee being one of them. But what I tended to do was to kind of create almost these kind of, like I said, demigod kind of figures, these unreachable totems of physical, mental, spiritual, and technical superiority that, you know, one could never hope to measure up to. So... My days were spent in the pursuit of being someone else. And I think when I look at Bruce Lee, I look at Bruce Lee and I think, you know, he was a man, he was a movie star, um, he was a martial artist, he was a philosopher and all these things. And he definitely changed the landscape for a lot of us. But I also think that he was a person that we were seeing in the process of development. Um when he died, unfortunately, at the age of 32, he was still in the process of development. He hadn't become the thing that he probably was aiming for, and I don't know if you ever do become that thing, but um, he was in the process of evolving. And I think what happened was, or what happened, I know, for me, was that I was focused on him as a person, as an avatar, and not focused on the notion of evolving and improving and looking at myself and my training and kind of going, okay, well, what is it that I need to do? What is it that motivates me? Where am I strong? Where am I weak? How do I become better at these things? And I've seen that with a lot of, especially in Okinawa Karate, uh, and I guess it is right across the board, but of course I'm a karate person, as you know, primarily. Um, so I'll talk about what I see in Okinawa Karate. So... There are some wonderful sensei that are teaching applications of kata, um, not just in Okinawa, but in the UK, all over the world, Australia, New Zealand, um, America, you know, you name it, there's some wonderful applications, and what they're calling flow drills. The first time we ever heard from flow drills was um, Patrick McCarthy sensei. Um, the first time I'd ever seen anyone do flow drills was watching some of his old instructional videos back in the day. And it's kind of become this thing where people are doing these flow drills and they're doing these bunkai and all this sorts of thing. And there are a few kind of doyens of bunkai, that's what I'll call them. People who 
can put these things together in these seemingly in these seemingly miraculous ways. So it almost seems like they're attacking you with a kata. And I've seen a lot of people who surround that, who are kind of in that community, kind of form organizations and kind of these little cliques around these particular instructors and they became become enamored with what the instructor's doing, not what the instructor's becoming. And I think that's the message I would hope that people glean from, is that when you're in front of these people, focus on what they're becoming. Focus not on who they're becoming, but focus on what this enable you, enables you to become. We get so caught up in these kind of personality things, and one of my uh, favorite songs from back in the day and showing my age a little bit, was cult of personality. And um, um, look in my eyes, what do you see? Um, the cult of personality. You know, um, one of my favorite, favorite bands from back in the day, and you know which one I'm talking about, if you uh, are elderly like me. Uh, and <laughs> it was Living Color. Living Color was the band. And I think we kind of get into these personality cults because we become impressed and enamored of physical skill so what we do is we seek to not only emulate but we seek to imitate and we kind of see that as not a not a a doorway but we kind of see that as a as a as the destination and I don't think it's true I don't know if that was Bruce Lee's like I never knew Bruce Lee we never kicked it um I was born the year that he died but I'm assuming, from what I've read and docu the, the millions of documentaries and YouTube videos, that his message was really about becoming something and finding your way to become that something. So it's important to find your Bruce Lee, but it's also really important to know when to let that go because we're not supposed to stop. Um, you know, there's that famous... Uh, what's it, motivational speaker Simon Sinek, and he probably hates being called a motivational speaker, but I always get motivation when I listen to him. And he talks about the infinite game, which I've talked about before on this podcast. And martial arts is an excellent metaphor for the infinite game. Your learning skills that you don't want to apply, you're potentially able to, to hurt, maim, and kill people, and that's not the point of what you're doing. You do something which you can never get right, you're constantly corrected, and there is no end to the training. There's no clear end to the training. You know, I mean, people can sort of get technical and say, well, there's a sporting aspect, we'll, we'll leave all that to, to that debate to them. I think that Bruce Lee uh, and these sensei and these individuals and this rugby player that I'm speaking of, their whole message is don't be me, be you, and be, you know, it's very very sort of trendy to say this, be be your ideal self, be your best you, be your best you. <laughs> but I think that's what we're trying to do. And being your best you and being your most uh, charismatic, dynamic self is really a matter of perspective. I know for me at 51, I am trying to maintain a level of flexibility and agility and look after the joints and all those sorts of things because I'd like to continue doing this thing. And I'd like to find ways to encourage other people to have longevity in what they're doing. Uh, Bruce Lee and these other, you name it, you know, all these people that have done so much to elevate 
Mashua, but I mean martial arts, and to bring awareness to it, and in some ways, kind of weirdly, hold us back. Um, you know, because if you're a martial artist, irrespective of style, you've had someone walk up to you going, "Oh, you still doing the wah?" Um, which, to be honest, is very condescending, kind of racist, to be totally honest, because it's a stereotype, and just really, really, really um, off-putting. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and that's kind of the cross we have to bear. We try to find ways to be better at this thing, but I think it's important to remember that Bruce Lee's message was not to be Bruce Lee, was to be you. And I always liked his maxim. Uh, how did it go? Um, discard what is useless, keep what is useful, and add that which is specifically your own. And I think it's the way to live. I think it's the way to become the thing that you're supposed to be and to continue becoming that thing and to continue becoming that thing because it's a never-ending road. And the problem is when we see these people's destinations and not as pathways and as examples, what we do is we lose sight of the path that we're on and after a while we lose sight of who we are and what we were trying to do in the first place.